encouragement for you today is to just hear what God is, is trying to say to you. If you're taking notes, don't necessarily write down what I'm saying. What's Holy Spirit saying to you through it? Because that's the word for you. Uh, and Paul leaves um, uh, the Ephesians with this last thought. And it's our, our challenge too. As we finish Ephesians, we want to finish strong. We want to uh, realize that everything that we've been learning, not to just say, wow, I learned it, I went through a book, but how much of my life has been changed? Not how much of, you know, did, that, did the word, did I apply it to my life? How much of my life have I now applied to this word? How is my life different as a result of knowing who I am in Christ, of knowing how to deal with relationships? I loved it. One of the testimonies this morning, um, before you all got here, one of the guys was saying, what I'm learning is that, you know, the, how to treat my children. That I look at parents who um, have their kids when they're older and they want to be with their parents. He's like, I want that to be me. I'm learning how to treat my wife. And uh, he's like, you know, it's just saying it's, it's a, a learning process, but realizing, you know what? It's the idea of the word changing everyday life. Um, I know you all are wishing that was your husband, right? But um, I, won't, I, won't, I won't out yet. Anyways, um, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, it says this. Um, finally, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Finally, it just basically that word just means for the rest of or from now on. So his last thoughts are saying, hey, from now on. So when this letter ends, it doesn't really end. From now on, I want you to do this. I want you to be strong. Receive strength from God. Be bold. Uh, it's this idea of from now on, live this way. Uh, and, and Paul is saying it, it's, it's this idea of finishing strong. It doesn't matter how you started. He started out as a murderer. Maybe you started out, you know, uh, in somewhere you're like, ah, oh, what, what could God do through my life? A lot. You know, if you look at Paul, you look at, at others, maybe you're here this morning and your morning has not started out well. I want to encourage you to finish strong. Um, uh, if you're a soccer fan, as I am every four years for about a month, uh, there's the, the World Cup, you know, and, and this week I had Dakota over and uh, Colin, we were sitting there watching um, the Netherlands playing against Australia. If there's any Aussies here, my condolences. But um, as we were watching the game, Dakota comes over and says, oh, that should be a cakewalk. You know, we defeated Spain and we're like, never a cakewalk, never. And as we watched, you know, Aryan Robin scores and we're like, yeah! But before our cheer even ends, the other team had scored already. It was like just less than a minute. It was like <gasps> deflated. And they're like, oh, well, if we tie, then this. And then, and then all of a sudden they get a penalty and they score again. And we're like, oh, no, now it's like, now we're down two to one. Maybe we're not even going to make it out of this round. And we're like watching the game because just wait, just wait. They'll come back. It doesn't matter how we start. Sure enough, it matters how you finish. Two goals later, we win 3-2. We're on our way, you know. Uh, pretty soon there'll be a cup. You'll see me dressed in orange. It's going to be wonderful. But for a lot of you, you're like, who cares? Seriously, Mark, get on with it. We're not into soccer. I, I, you're a little out of touch right now, but I have a, I have a second illustration because I thought I might need one. So I want to encourage all of you this morning, soccer fans or not, about this idea of finishing strong. So if you could just turn, wow, you guys are, they're ready. Um, they run really fast in this video. You're actually watching the person in second place. Into the lead, a sophomore from Penn State. Dornard in running second. Dornan last year scored 23 points for the Golden Gophers in their Big Ten Championship. So they're really relying on getting a lot of points from her this weekend. And she's just coming by Fondor now in the home stretch, heading into the bell lap. Dornan and falling down gets up quickly, but that's going to cost her. Lucky she wasn't injured. Her teammate just went to the front, though, so they may be able to recover from that. 
And Dorden is flying down the back She is she catching is, up. She is going to catch Von Dor, and she may catch the leader. Wow. Wow. She's got Von. This is a gutsy effort by Dorden. Yeah, that's what I'm that talking about amazing. right there. To, to fall in right there. Um, so many people, if you were that person and you fell, your race is over because it's just one more lap and you got no chance. I want to encourage you that maybe you feel that way about stuff that's going on in your life. You're like, oh, I am down and I am out. Paul is saying to you this morning, finish strong. You still can finish strong. Maybe um, this, this morning you're either, you know, you've just come through one of the greatest battles in your life, or maybe you're on the doorstep of one, you don't even know it. I want to encourage you to be strong. Paul's saying that to everyone, and he's saying there's two sides to this. He says, be strong, which is, means you. Just say, me. Yeah, me, I'm talking to you. You be strong. Paul's saying to, to you, you need to be strong. He's not saying, God is just going to be strong for you. Oh, I'm in a really tough spot. God, you do everything. He's not saying that. He's saying, you be strong. But the second part of it is be strong, not in you, be strong in him. Draw the strength from him, but you got to do that on purpose. This morning, if you're down and out, it's that idea of saying, you know what, I'm going to draw it from him. But Paul is saying something else. He's saying not just, not just when you're in this spot where you're in trouble. He says this idea is whether you're in trouble or not, you need to be listening to this. You need to, from now on, whether it's good or bad, you need to be strong. Be strong now. So he says in... Um, in, uh, in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. Remember back in Ephesians 3, a few months ago, we said this. Paul prayed, and he says, I pray, I'm praying for you guys, praying for you today, that, that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will what? Empower. There's that word again. Empower you with what? Inner <laughs> strength through his spirit. He says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. He says, your roots are going to grow down deep into God's love. Remember that word, because it's that love that keeps you strong. Uh, it says, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how high, how long, not in that order, how deep his love is. He's saying, I, I, my hope is that you're going to get how big this love is. Because when you get that love and when you understand that and you experience that, this last verse is amazing. It says, then, then, when you get that, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. When the power of God in your life, get, a, get that revelation of his love for, for you. That understanding will just cause different things to happen. And Paul's saying this, I prayed that for you. That was three chapters ago. Now I'm telling you to do it. <laughs> he's like, I pray that's going to happen. Now he's like, now I'm, now I'm telling you, be strong. Now there's an action part of it saying, hey, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might, in his power, his force, his dominion. That's something amazing to, to have access to. And in his might, his ability, not in our own, but his. Paul uses some words um, to this group that were, that were often spoken in the Old Testament. They wouldn't have been really familiar with the Old Testament, but um, he, he was. He had studied it all his life. And there's these words about be strong. And you know, as Paul's penning this to this, um, to this group of, of people, I think those words are probably ringing through his mind as he realizes and remembers the heroes of faith. Because, you know, back in the Old Testament, God said these same things to a guy named Joshua. God said to Joshua, he says, Moses, my servant's dead. And then the next word is Now. Moses, my servant, is dead. Your best friend, your leader, the person you've been looking up to, he's dead, Joshua. Now, you be strong. You be courageous. You go and lead these people. Be strong. Be courageous. And, and uh, you, you just see how Joshua's like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to do that now. Led his country. 
his whole nation to incredible victories and to see the promises that God had for them, he took them there. Why? He decided to be strong and be courageous and listen to what God had said to him. There's a, an angel came to a guy named Gideon. This is a, um, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is Gideon because I feel so connected to him. The guy who was scared of everything. The guy who was like the least of the least in his, you know, in his family clan. You know, my, I, I think about that and, you know, my, my dad is the youngest of like six brothers and, and uh, you know, our family, I always felt like they were always picking on me because they were always picking on me. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where you think, you know, God, what am I ever, you know, it, it, there was just crazy, it messes with your mind craziness. But the same idea had happened with Gideon. And, um, and, and, and an angel came to him and said, Gideon, and he's terrified of the angel, of course. And uh, the angel says to him, Gideon, you are a mighty man full of strength and courage. And Gideon's like, no, I'm not. He's like, yes, you are. Go out. And, and he says, you know what? Gideon believed what God said about him and led his, uh, led his people to an incredible victory. And you're like, well, that's great. Those are like two great leaders. What about me? I love this thought. David said it to Solomon. And I encourage you dads to say it to your kids. Be strong now, son. Be strong now. You know, I'm going, I'm going on to be with God, but you be strong now. Be strong and courageous. It's, you can find that in 1 Chronicles 22. Hezekiah said it to all of his men. In his fighting men, they, they, the story is that the Assyrian army had come up against Hezekiah and his men besieged their city. They weren't going anywhere. And this nation had wiped out everyone else that they had attacked. And what ended up happening is, is Hezekiah says, guys, be strong and be courageous. And they said, okay, we're going to. And they got back up on the wall to, to fight. And, and the Assyrian nation, they started putting out the propaganda, just yelling at the, you know, and screaming in their language, saying, listen, your God if he's real, then why are you in this spot? He's, if, if he's so great, then why, why am I out here about to take you over? If you guys surrender, you live. If you don't, I'm just going to slaughter you all. Your call. And they're like, that's the guy, what do we do? And he's like, listen, be strong and be courageous because all he has is the arm of the flesh. But we have the Lord our God. All he has is the arm of the flesh and his own ability, but we have the Lord our God. Paul's saying the same thing to you. Be strong, brothers. Be strong, sisters. Whatever's coming against you, whatever the voices, the words coming against you, they're lies because you've got God on your side. I've been telling you this the whole time. I've been telling you who you are in Christ. Now, finally, just live in that strength. Saying that to you as well, Kingsway, it goes for us. Be strong in the Lord no matter what you face. Be strong now. And Paul begins to explain what that looks like. How do I, how do I be strong in the Lord? It's this, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. He says, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, remember that word, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Paul's encouraging this group of people, encouraging us. What does encourage mean? Put courage into. And the same thing today, it doesn't matter what you're facing or about to face, I want to put courage into you to say, listen, you can be strong. And it says, put on this, this God kind of armor. Uh, today, that God kind of armor is not physical armor. We're not handing out swords and shields and spears today. Uh, sorry, I know, I know. But you know what? You need a certain type of armor. It wouldn't help you any. It wouldn't help you at all. You need a certain type of armor for a certain type of battle. Um, there's a friend of ours named Roger, and there's a few other British people in this church that uh, they think football is a game that's happening right now at the World Cup. But we in North America know what football is, right? Yeah, it's very, very different. You know, football, if, you, if, if I said, Roger, hey, come play football with us, and he showed up in his shin pads and his cleats, he's going to get owned. Agreed? 
Why? Because we got helmets and shoulder pads. And um, last night we heard one of the kids say, and, and football players wear pants, thankfully. So uh, that's... <laughs> But they're huge. And, they, and you know, that battle is not, there's no match in that battle, you know, uh, a soccer player versus football player. Why? Because they don't have the right armor. And it's the same idea. You've got to have the right armor for the right battle and what you're in. And Paul says that. It's like, it maybe, maybe you're like, I'm not into sports. It's like showing up to a gunfight with a knife. For those who uh, that means. All right, all right. So um, the, the, the battlefield, he's saying, listen, come properly equipped for the battle you're about to, to, to be in. And every one of you is in one. The battlefield's your mind. Say, where's this battle fought? That armor's not going to, that physical armor's not going to help you because the battle happens between the, the ears. And it's always on. There's a voice always speaking to you. There's the voice of the enemy speaking to you. There's the voice of God speaking to you. And you're kind of in the middle and get to choose which side you're going to believe. Your own self is talking to you like a 30,000 words a minute or something like It's ridiculous at how much is going on through your head right now. All these thoughts and, and the self-talk that's happening. Some of you, it's been negative for way too long. You see something and you're like, it's a beautiful sunny day. And you're like, yeah, it's probably going to rain this afternoon. <laughs> you know, you, wow, your, your child just did so great at, you know, finishing his dinner without putting it on his head. Yeah, but he'll probably throw the plate on the floor. That, that self-talk, what is that? that? That's that part where this, this thing is battling for your mind. Paul said to the Corinthians, he said, hey, you know what, the, the weapons of our warfare, they're not, they're not physical, but they're mighty. They're incredibly powerful for pulling down strongholds. And the strongholds he's talking about aren't physical strongholds or the things in our minds or these thought processes we have in our mind. He says the word of God is powerful for tearing that down. It's, um, it's this, the, the thoughts that are against God in our lives. When he just said, this is who you are in Christ, and you got thoughts of shame this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there's no need for shame in your life at all. None, because he took care of that. He says, you know, if you got thoughts of, you know what, I'm addicted and I'm never going to be free, wrong. It's a lie because he's already set you free. And Paul's saying this idea, stand firm in, in, the, in, the, in the truth um, of what's, you know, there's, this, there's things that are attacking you in the mind, but you've got armor. You've got armor available, but he's saying you've got to take it up, put it on. Why? So you'll be able to stand. The idea of standing is, this, is the thing of standing firm and not giving back any ground. He didn't say, hey, put on this armor so you can go attack stuff. He's like, put on this armor so that you're able to withstand uh, in, the, in the evil day and stand against the wiles. And we would say the wiles, I mean, like, what's that? It, the, the wiles is the trickery of the enemy. Why is he saying you just have to stand? Because Jesus won the battle already. He's not telling you, you got to go win it. He's telling you, listen, you want it, just armor on and stand in what I've already done for you. Don't let him take that ground back from you. It's yours because I gave it to you. It's um, this idea of this, this trickery, the, the, the thing that we're up against is the enemy and his trickery. It's like this. It's like the croc at the watering hole. If you watch nature shows, you know, they just wait there, just laying in wait, you know, barely seen. And then, you know, the, the little water buffalo or the antelope comes up to get a little drink and wham, you know, drags it under the water and it's over. That's the exact same way. He's saying, listen, just be aware. You have an enemy and he's just lurking and waiting for you. You know where that is? The parking lot. Because right now you probably feel really good about your situation because we're putting courage into you. are like, yeah, I can go out and do this. Guess what happens? As soon as you leave this place or maybe before, something's going to get thrown into your mind and says, no, can't do it. No, too hard. No, it never happened. No, it never happened before. It never will. And those things are going to come attack you again. He's saying, be strong. Don't give, don't give him any ground. You got Christ in you. Don't, don't give any ground to the enemy. Just realize he's there. Peter described, you know, 
The enemy is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There's got to be this permission, this allowance for him to devour. He's not just allowed to take you out. Why? Because you're in Christ. You're the winner already. You're already free. You're already forgiven. You're already there. Stand in that. I'll play this game with my kids, right? We go play hide and go seek, but it's more like hide and go scare. So I go downstairs and I hide in the darkest possible place. My kid's looking for me. Dad, dad. And, Raw! It's like, <gasps> and, they, and then they, they, they laugh and they love it, right? But, but for most, most of us as, uh, as believers, it's those things where all of a sudden the enemy just jumps up. And, like, <gasps> and we go into panic mode. What do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do now? And Paul's saying, that's par for the course. That's going to keep happening in your life. So armor on. Just be ready that when that attack comes, you're like, you're ready for that. I already got what I need. I already have the armor on because I'm always wearing it. Saying, recognize your enemy. He's saying your enemy's the devil. It's not flesh and blood. See, the thing that happens with us, and most of us would say that the most difficult situations we face in our life are relationship-based. Relationships, they're the greatest things in our life, but they, they hurt incredibly uh, as well. See, and the enemy would love to try and throw that into a church, throw that anywhere where it's person against person. And you look at that person, you think, that person, ugh, that, ugh. And it's this thing. But Paul's saying it's not. You know, in Ephesians chapter 4, he said, listen, treat one another, be gentle with each other. Make allowance for each other's faults. That's how this, this life works with people. He says, recognize that you're in a spiritual battle. There's something going on behind everything that you see in the person. Don't attack one another. Realize there's something spiritual. Attack that and love one another. And he, he says, realize, you know, you used to be dead. You used to live in sin. You used to obey the devil. He said in Ephesians 2. He said, but you're not that person anymore. Why? Because I changed that. So he's saying, live in that. Live in this place of you don't need for them to apologize. You don't need for them to make it right or fix everything because they can't. He's saying, realize there's spiritual things attacking your marriage. There's spiritual things attacking you in, in, in your parenting. Those things are happening. He says, stand. Put on that armor and stand. The, realize that the devil is attacking your relationships and your life. And it's not just the devil. He's saying, then he says um, that there's principalities and powers and all kinds of other stuff. But, but he says, you know, he, he reveals who the enemy is. He says, you know, and a couple things about the devil. Let me just tell you this. The devil is not omnipresent. He's not God. A lot of times we like, you know, with Star Wars, there's the, the force, right? There's the evil and there's the good. And they're pretty much even until the very end. You know, if you watch any of those things, the Jedi Knights beat the guy at the very end. It's like, it's a, it's a fair fight right up till the end. It's not that way with God. He is infinitely stronger, infinitely more powerful. The, Satan has already been defeated. He's already been cast from heaven so fast it looked like a lightning bolt is what Jesus said. That's how fast his butt got whooped to the earth. And now he's kind of here just realizing, oh, I've been kicked out of heaven. I'm just going to wreak havoc here. We've shared this before that the, the, the way it really is is like that, you know, if you had an, a 50-foot anaconda in a little, you know, in your little summer cottage and there's a, you, you call the, the, the anacondakillers.com and they come over and they like put a bullet in the anaconda's head. And this 50-foot anaconda begins to thrash around and destroy everything in your cottage. He, you know, it might be destroying stuff, but it's already dead. The bullet's in its head. He's done. He might wreck some, you know, stuff on his way out, but he is done. A friend of mine said, too, it's like putting Roundup on a weed. You know, the next day, it doesn't look like anything happened, but it's dead. It might look like it's still okay, but it's dead. And he's saying the same thing. The truth is, he's finished. Yeah, he's going to try and wreak havoc in your life, but he's really already defeated, and you are the victor over him in Christ. So stand in that. Stand in that. It's this idea of resisting the devil. 
It's not the, 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 the idea is not that you go like demon hunting and go attack everything and be like, everything's a demon. I'm going to go and find it, you know? Because I'm like, I got armor. I'm going to go attack. You know, my string broke. That must be a demon. I'm going to go, I got to like pray over it. It's not that idea. He's just saying, listen, just stand. Stand in the victory you have. Realize, don't give your enemy too much credit, but don't ignore him either. Don't, don't uh, forget. He says, you know, in First Peter, he said, resist the devil. Submit to God. Just submit to God's way of doing things, which is put an armor on. Resist the devil. He's got to flee from you. First Peter, he talks about the same thing. Resist the devil. He's got to, he's got to um, flee from you. How do you do that? How do you not give the enemy any ground? It happens right here. Don't give him any ground here. Church, don't give him any ground. Don't give him any chances to speak into, your, into here. Armor on. He says you need this. It says in uh, verse 13, Therefore, because of this, because you got an enemy, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all the stand. Take up all the armor. He's saying you need these things called truth. You need truth in your life that's going to say, okay, yes, this is true. No, that is not. You know, this is, yes, what I will believe. No, that, that's not. Righteousness. You need to know the, how, that you're righteous. Today, if I were to ask you, are you righteous today? Did you keep, did you, you didn't kick the cat on your way to church? You know, I'd forgive you for that. But um, you didn't, uh, I'm just kidding, sorry. Did you, um, did you, uh, you know, think bad thoughts about your wife? You know, were angry at your kids. You were screaming all the way here. And then you came in like, hi, everyone. You know, uh, it'd be like, oh, man, you know, I'm not righteous as you are, because it doesn't matter about all the way you've, the, the things you've done. It's about him. You know, have peace in your life. Man, how big of a difference is life when you have peace in your mind? Perfect peace of those minds are stayed on him, he says. You know, if you have faith, salvation, and having the spirit, he's saying, listen, go realize you're in a battle. Go in with your armor on and take it all. Um, it, it, otherwise, it's kind of like playing paintball with like no equipment which uh, back in the day, Wes and I used to play paintball all the time. It was awesome. Uh, then my father-in-law got a gun, and uh, he doesn't cheat, but he uses everything to his advantage. So he took my mother-in-law's mirror with him to the paintball field. And as um, we're out there on the paintball field, he's sitting there with a the mirror. He's watching me come towards him until I'm too close to miss, takes out his gun, which hadn't been properly tuned up, and shot me at 500 feet per second, and I was maybe 10 feet away right through my shirt, broke my skin. I'm bleeding. I'm bruised. I dropped to the ground like a yelping dog, he says. And, uh, and I'm in pain. I'm in pain. I didn't realize he had to turn those guns down. He didn't do it on purpose. He did laugh. But um, afterwards, still let me marry his daughter, so I know he loves me. He has to. But um, this, whole, this whole thought was, you know, I never played paintball again because I'm terrified now. But but I realize that there's stuff you can wear that doesn't let that happen to you anymore. You can turn the guns down so it doesn't happen. There's the idea if you go out properly equipped, it's a really fun thing I hear. But that's that same idea. You've got to be properly equipped. And in life, it's the same idea. You just feel like, oh, the pain, the hurt. He's saying, just be properly equipped. Take it all up. How do you do it? He's like, get, get the word into your life. Last night, we had people here just sharing, too, that it's difficult. Maybe you're a teenager in high school, and you're like, I... I don't really know. Like, I read the Bible. I just don't get it. Most of us, probably all of us, have been in a place where that's happened. We just read the Word, and we just don't get it. Jackie shared last night, too, that just as they've been studying the Word, there's been so many— let me just ask you, how many people have gone to the precept Bible studies, and feel, all of a sudden it was like, bing, the lights came out, like, oh, I get it. How many of you, that's you? Yeah, there's, there's a bunch. We want to encourage you with that thought. Get into a place where you can learn how to study the Bible. He says, you know what? My people are, dis- are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They just don't know. 
Proverbs 24, verse 10, he says, he who faints in the day of adversity, his strength is too small. You are going to face adversity. You're going to face difficult times. Realize it. But he says, don't let your strength be too small. See, we got to realize something. We've got to fight for our marriages because the enemy is. We've got to fight for our kids because the enemy is. You go downstairs, you see all kinds of new paint and rooms, and over the next little while, you're going to see a lot of stuff changing down there. Why? Because we want our kids to grow up to love Jesus Christ. I will spend whatever amount of money needs to be spent that our kids would grow up, that next generation would grow up loving church and loving Jesus, making a difference in the lives around them. I want to encourage you. We've got to fight for them. We've got to fight for the future of, uh, uh, as a church and realize the enemy's fighting against us. Let's do all that we can to stand. Paul said that having done all to stand, having taken up all this armor, having done all that, I, I love this spot. I want to end with just the first word of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. Let me read verse 13 to you once before that. It says, therefore, slot your name in there. Therefore, Caleb, Robin, Sam, Dan, E.B., therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Take up all of it that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. And then in verse 614, he just says this, stand. Once you've done it all, just stand. The battle's going to happen. By doing all this doesn't mean there's not going to be a fight anymore. He's like, there's going to be a fight. So stand, stand, stand. Reminds me of the story of Shammah. Some of you, if you went to, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you learn about Shammah too much in, um, in kids' church, but maybe in Bible school. Um, Shammah was a guy in the Old Testament. It's, you can read his story in 2 Samuel 23. It'll take you two verses. Uh, in verse, uh, verse um, 11 and 12, you know, Shammah is, uh, and the Israelites are fighting against the Philistines. They've been attacked. And the Philistines are all around them and uh, attacking them. And they're standing in a bean field, you know. And that's where Shammah and everybody's fighting. And all of a sudden, everyone else leaves. And Shammah's just, you know, in his, it, the, the Bible just says that Shammah stood in that bean field and God gave a great victory. At that point, Shammah stands and realizes, you know what? Everyone else left me, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to fight. And maybe God will do something great. He's saying the same thing to you. That you would just say, you know what? No matter what situation I'm in, I am going to stand take up the armor of God and I'm going to stand in this situation and maybe God will do something great. It ends with that thought, those words that says Shammah stood in that bean field and God brought a great victory. God brought a great victory. Sam, keep standing, man. Keep standing. Some of you, you know, you're going through difficult things. You guys, keep standing. Standing, realizing, you know what? Man, they're attacking my family. Stand. Stand. The coolest thing, you know, as we think about it, we see the end of the story, but don't, just picture, just for a moment, if that's you in the middle of a field with your enemy attacking from every spot, don't you think he was scared? Don't you think the thought was run? Don't you think the thought was this bean field ain't worth it, I'm out of here? But something in him just said, you know what, I'm going to stand and be courageous. He went on to be known as one of the, 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 uh, the third greatest man in his country. He was just Shammah, just a normal guy, a normal warrior who said, I'm going to stand and maybe God will do something great. I don't know what you're facing today. Don't worry, it's just kids. Don't, uh, I don't know what you're facing today. <laughs> you're like, the enemies are coming. <laughs> stand firm, man. Stand firm. I don't know what you might be facing, but you do. You feel like your enemy's overwhelming and, and, and stronger than you. He's not. He's not. The truth is that you just need to armor on. The truth is you need to say, okay, I'm going to take this up on purpose. We're going to talk about that over the next couple of weeks, what that actually looks like and how you do that. 
But it's this idea of I am going to stand. I choose it now to say, you know what? I will be strong in my God, in his power, in his might. It's like that, you know, the, the plug in the outlet. The power is all right there. All you got to do is put the plug in. Same deal. You have to do the something. He's saying be strong. So Kingsway Church today, no matter what you're facing, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Take up all the armor. Take up the truth, the righteousness, faith, your salvation. Above all, spirit of God on the inside of you. Take that up and withstand. Having done all the stand, having done all that, just stand. Stand. You'll win. Stand. Can we pray? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's alive. It's powerful. It really is. Thank you for giving it to us exactly at the time that we need it. Pray, Holy Spirit, for every person here that as they are just led by you, sensitive to your voice, that you would direct them to, to your word that is life for them for today. They're facing different stuff, Lord. They're facing different stuff, but I know that you, you know it all already. You know exactly what they need. As they open their hearts to you, as they decide to say, God, I want to put the armor on, that you would provide and show exactly what it is for them. As they stand in that, that you bring about great victory. <laughs> God, we praise you for that this morning. Thank you for the heroes of the past. As we, uh, as we look at their stories and realize what uh, you can do in and through us. For your glory, God, to your credit, it's all about you. It always will be. Thank you for that. Pray your blessing over every person as they leave this place. May your hope and your love and your joy just permeate their homes and their relationships and their lives. May they shine bright for you wherever they find themselves in life this week. In your name, pray. Amen.